Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for movie fans just like you. With me, as always, is my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Hello. And our close friend and Dune expert, Pearl Axis. <laughs> Every episode is usually connected to a theme for that month. That we pick ahead of time, but this time it's an event episode, and it's for True. Dune Part 2 from Denny Villeneuve. And you can use the chapters in your podcast app to skip right to that discussion. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that just want to go right to it to see what we thought. It's been 852 days since we covered Dune oh on episode 81. Wow. Everyone's asking, can Denny redeem himself? And if you add 8, 5, and 1, it's Taylor Swift's favorite number, 13. <laughs> You know, James was telling me about that stuff on the Super Bowl day. He's like, I heard, I already read the script for the Super Bowl. I almost threw his phone out. In the, <laughs> <laughs> the script. All right, just a reminder: if you're a Dune nut, you're you're like you're new to the show. Just use the chapters, get right to the chat. But we had a lot of stuff to get to. I also ran some other numbers since episode oh, ninety-one. No. This is episode two hundred eight. Episode okay. ninety-one, very popular episode. We we were the most brave podcast hosts probably in the business. To say that we liked Dune um, <laughs> differently than other people did. But a lot has happened since then. Stranger Things Season 4 came out since that episode. That feels like an eternity ago. Remember we did an episode on that with Ian, Danny? Mm, we d I do remember that. What an Ian's episode. last appearance on the show. I don't know. Yeah, rest in uh, peace. Top Gun Maverick <sighs> came out. Mm. Spider-Man No Way Home came out. Uh, people losing their ass over that in theaters, The Power of the Dog, yeah. and maybe yeah. the most popular one, The Book of Boba Fett, came out <laughs> since episode 91. Mm. And The Beatles Get Back. Get out of here. <laughs> this is the worst. That also came out. I'm sorry. Our memory lane's over enough. I'm just saying it's been a while since we did do it on the show. Uh, also, right off the bat, I gotta say the art. Phenom art. Thank you. Yes. insane art oh, it feels like it could be on like a movie adaptation comic book or some kind of like mm. promotional art piece it's gorgeous yeah Love take it. your pants off before you look at it or yeah. it might <laughs> I need everyone to deep pants before they see this artwork and if you're looking at it now it's time to take them off <laughs> uh, March's theme we did a vote for March oh baby Prado, do you offhand remember oh, yeah. the, the four themes that we put to our patrons to vote for March. We're ready to announce uh, the results. But Proto, do you remember the the options? Yes, of course. It We did, uh, we had 90 minutes or less. Uh, sexual Michael Douglas month. Oscar snubs. And then uh, part three. I What did we call it? Third movie in a, in a series? Nailed Is that the, th the fourth? May the third be with you. May the third be it. with you. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Those are our four categories. <laughs> uh, we had 40% of patrons voted on this. 
That's for this crazy. for this vote. I did some other research. I was crunching some other numbers. Yeah. Do you know the turnout for the 2020 presidential election? No. Percentage was? 35%. 66. So we, we weren't quite at the presidential election turnout. Mm. But, but I mean, it's still pretty good. Okay. They're still in line. <laughs> they're still in line. I shut off the vote. So I don't know what they're going to do once they get to the front of the line. Uh, fourth place of these polls, may the third be with you. Super Last impressive. place with 10.8%. Mm. Um, there might have been some vote swaying. You know, maybe it, mm-hmm. it just didn't win out. It wasn't even close. Um, no Alien 3 on the pod for the foreseeable future, I guess. Maybe we shouldn't have said that. We should have led with that. Yeah, maybe. We should have hinted at Alien 3. They got scared. <laughs> scared of glory. <laughs> um, number th- number three, third place in the vote. This one, you know, I think there's got probably going to be a whole lot of soul searching in the mm-hmm. Discord, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk of their game. Yeah. But sometimes it's not backed up. So sexual Michael Douglas month only got 19% of the vote. My God. Where are the voters? Yeah. Yeah. Where are the voters? (laughs) This is like when Bart ran for class president against uh, Martin Prince and he didn't even vote for himself. Exactly. He lost the whole vote because one person voted. (laughs) It's the exact same plot. The winner with 37.1% of the vote. 90 minutes or less. That's going to be the theme for March. Yeah. Oscar Snubs was winning for, you know, I felt like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then something changed. I used Patreon's like chat feature. I said, if you haven't voted yet, stay in line. And then the votes changed. I thought that was Mm -hmm. pretty fascinating. Yeah. So Danny's uh, starting off the month officially. Yeah. But you had like a whole situation with your picks. When When we saw the numbers weren't going to really change. I started diving into the 90 minutes or less. And I came across one that not only um, fit into my like mode of watching World War II movies right now. Um, it was 90 minutes and less. It was animated by Studio Ghibli. And it is in, it is in uh, distribution hell because Studio Ghibli doesn't own the story to Graves of the Fireflies. It is someone else's story, but Ghibli did the animation for it. It's like 4.4 on Letterboxd. Um, And I really wanted to cover that one for the podcast, but you can't can't rent it anywhere. You have to pay hundreds of dollars for these Blu-rays because no one knows how to come together and distribute this together. Wow. Wow. What a pick that would have been. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I saw you hadn't seen it. I don't think Slim's seen it. And it's a heavy uh, one. And it's based on a true story, too. So I was really hoping to watch this with you guys. But we'll I figure it out. I can't wait until this hits streaming the day after we record your episode. <laughs> They're listening. Oh, I bet you it will. Um, I had just assumed it was a part of the Ghibli um, section on HBO Max because mm. I did, it was Studio Ghibli. So I was like, yes, hell yes, we're going to do this one. Uh, but it's not my pick. And we'll talk about we'll it at find, the end of the show. Yeah, we'll find out later. Tom and Chad saying High School Musical is under 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not my pick, Tom. <laughs> Good job, Tom. <laughs> Identifying the movie. Pardo, are you locked? We're not going to be announcing our, our picks in advance. We're taking a break from that style of, of monthly formats. But have you, mm-hmm. are you locked when, it's, when the time comes for your pick? I'm, I'm, I'm in a form of locked. Oh. And what that means, I will be making an announcement 
at the end of the show for my pick next week. Uh, so please stay stay tuned for the very end of the show for my announcement. Thank you. That's A all I have to say at this time. free pick announcement you'll be that, I, giving at the end of the show. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. I, I don't know it. if this has ever been done. Never. It's a night for firsts. <laughs> um. All right. So let's see. What are we talking about? Pardo, did you watch anything this week you want to chat about? There's been a lot of yes. Cat Williams talk. I'm not sure if that's what you want to lead off with. Maybe at <laughs> oh some point we can get into Cat Williams. Maybe, maybe that's a post show. I don't know. You decide. Yeah, maybe we save it for the uncut. We can do, we deep dive Shannon's chart. We'll deep dive Cat into Williams. Cat Williams uh, in the uncut episode for patrons. Uh, but I had a great week for mm. movies. I am going really hard on my Criterion Challenge. Uh, and just for uh, anybody listening who doesn't know what that is, on Letterboxd, there's a nice member of the community. I can't remember his name right now, but every year he makes a list um, called the Criterion Challenge. It has 52 categories uh, and then you pick a movie for each category in the criterion, and your goal is to watch uh, all of them in, over the course of the year. So a lot of us in the Discord are doing it. It's a lot of. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. That was an act, total accident. Playing them off. I'm so sorry. Was the I did not mean to, a mistake. That's okay. I didn't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was <laughs> All right. <laughs> so the Criterion Challenge is uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, let's see. And I watched a couple movies this week that were on it. I watched uh, Elaine May's movie, Mikey and Nikki. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. 1976. Uh, Elaine May, of course, also did uh, Ishtar. Oh, we all want to see it. Yeah. Um, she kind of has like a little bit of a cult following. In this movie, it's uh, it stars Peter Falk and John Cassavetes. Our boys. Boys. Yeah. And um, the history around this movie is pretty wild. Apparently, I was reading the wiki after it. Like, Elaine May had this habit of leaving the camera running at all times. Ooh. So I think she, she shot some like insane amount of footage of just... Um, Peter Falk and John Cassavetes like improving tons of scenes. Um, but the story is about um, John Cassavetes plays this guy who kind of, he steals from the mob and Peter Falk, who's his friend is trying to save him over the course of like one night, get him out of town or protect him, do a different few different things. Um, I thought it was okay. I gave it three stars. I love Peter Falk. Like mm. I mean, I'll watch yeah. him in anything. He's just so compelling. Um, so I, I loved him, uh, for that. And also this is supposed to be set in Philadelphia, which is kind of cool, you know? Hometown. Yeah. Did but, you know, they, they filmed that cemetery scene right behind my house. There's oh, like really? a cemetery right near my house. Uh, cause way back we did a four faves episode of Letterboxd with Mia and this was one of her four faves. And I looked up the filming of it and I was like, wait a minute, that's like a weird city to film in. And lo mm -hmm. and behold, that's the cemetery they used. Wow. It's also, I think there's like some crazy stat where she filmed the amount of film she uses like three times what they filmed for Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Like, oh. like that's how long she's left. The, yeah, she had some like big dispute with the studio after filming. I think she had to fight to even get the footage and like release the movie or something. She like held the footage hostage. It's a pretty wild story. Yeah, apparently she had like a budget 
uh, it was like 1.4 million, I think. And then she just like blew right through it. And then the studio had to step in and be like, you, you can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's I, interesting. It'd be kind of cool to like hear a commentary about the movie. Yeah. I also want to watch Ishtar. Ishtar historically has been a hard to find movie, but Josh says it's on the Criterion channel right now. That'd yeah, be, I did see it on there. to watch that. Another one I watched was uh, Tampopo. Oh, yes. And I have seen reviews come in for this movie for years. And everybody who watches this loves this movie. Oh, you got to watch this. Uh, it's great. Um, but I had never heard of this before. And I don't really hear people talking about it other than on Letterboxd. So I watched it. And by golly, it might be the best movie I've seen all year. So far, Goodness. I mean, we're we're in we're the beginning of March, but it is what? really up my alley. It is so much fun. It is about this um, this single mom who owns this little ramen shop, and she's not doing too great. And these two guys roll in, and they decide to help her turn the ramen shop around, and uh, you know, figure out how to make great ramen. Like they want to like renovate the place and kind of help her out, but. The movie is, in a lot of ways, it's like a, it's about movie making as well because it it feels like a western about ramen. Uh, so a lot of scenes are like ripped right from like a western movie, um, but it's it's all like having fun with it. And then there's like these vignettes of like these couples eating food. And the movies it's it's also about like the love of food. And it's it might be the best food movie too. I haven't seen a ton of movies about food, but. Um, this one was just clearly, I think, in, in terms of how it talked about food and, and, and just the story, it made me really hungry. It made me want a bowl Damn. of ramen, honestly. Mm. Um, so I love this. I would love to do this on the show at some point. It's just a really fun movie to watch. Yeah. It's BLB for me. I haven't seen it since I've had Letterboxd to log it. So I need to oh, watch you've it again. Oh, you seen it? Oh, yeah. I love Tom Popper. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's have a mini meetup in Philly or some ramen spot to celebrate <sighs> this oh announcement. Gosh. Ramen capital of the world. <laughs> Pro had 44 likes on this letterbox review. You kidding me? Good <laughs> lord. That's like I mean convert that's like 100,000 likes on Twitter. That's the We're that's like the the ratio. There's a comment on your review from Christian. One of the best movies in the quote movies with armpit licking canon. Mhm. Mm that's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know. Christian's how to right. That. <laughs> it's how it's how ramen's made. Oh god, I You want to make it the I right way. I know. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to know how sausage gets made. What about Shogun? Do you want to talk about that now or in the post show? Oh we might maybe God. we save Shogun oh. talk for the post show. <clears throat> yeah, maybe we save it for the post show. Okay. Save the TV talk for later. Uh, one All other right. movie I could say is I watched the little movie Blackberry from last year. Mm -hmm. so, uh, did you both see this? No, loved it. Not at all. Yeah, this movie is was a lot of fun. I would put this in the category of what is this movie like? It's kind of, it's, you know, it's like a modern, it's kind of like the movie air that was about Nike. Oh, oh it's really about the cell phones. Yeah. It's about the cell oh. phones, the story <laughs> okay. of the Blackberry, mm -hmm. how it came, came to be. Oh, um, and it's kind of like a classic tale of like businessman meets nerdy engineer and they come together against all odds and make this product, um, and kind of change the world for a very short amount of time. Um, but I, yeah, it, it, I just had a blast watching this. It stars um, Jay Barakel and Glenn Howerton. 
Glenn Howerton, of course, from Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. Yep. Who doesn't love... And he is a maniac in this. I need Glenn Howerton in more movies. <laughs> Wait, which one's Glenn? He's uh, Glenn. De- he's not he the Dennis? one that owns the um, the soccer team with Ryan Reynolds. No, he's That's Dennis. The he's the skinnier no. one, always screaming. He does cocaine in the earlier seasons. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's bald in this, and he's he's raging, raging yeah. constantly. Um, so he's, I had a lot of fun with this. Go ahead. I agree. Yeah, this was a lot. I thought like. I mean, potential Oscar buzz for Glenn when I saw this movie. I was like, is, is he in the running? Because that's, mm. that's how good he was. Yeah, fantastic. I love movies like this too. You know, it's like real Simple. low stakes, just yeah. like a story of history. Who knows if it's accurate or not? Who cares? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's so crazy to look back to see how BlackBerry was like the company for yeah. years and was and thought to be just unstoppable and now mm. just, they went so fast the crackberry crackberry oh. it was it was cool hearing like the technical side of it too cuz i had mm. never heard of that of like the the things they had to overcome to to make the network work for cell phones i yeah. i had never heard of like the limitations that they dealt with and the ways they they figured out how to solve it so even that that was really cool to me just hearing like the the birth really and the growth mm-hmm. of of cellular everyone's yeah. falling asleep listening to this but thank you <laughs> no, for it's being fine. here <laughs> no. this is uncut talk this is uncut talk <laughs> uh did i have a blackberry jash ass no i never had a blackberry phone i was not blackberry phones to me were like executive they're Executives use Blackberry. Blackberries, yeah. yeah, they were work yeah. phones. Like I didn't want to Next do work tells. email or whatever. It was not for me. I was still T nine in at the Wazoo. Uh, let's say hello to some new patrons. Jack, Araya, and Treen all joined this past week. Got access to exclusive episodes. There's nearly sixty <clears throat> episodes in the seventy Goodness. millimeter vault. Got access uh, to discounts on Danny's prints, all of our merch, and uh, what was our most recent episode? Swingers. Which we recorded. Uh, what state were we in? Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. The deep south. <laughs> the the deep deepest south. Of south. It's the deepest south you can get. I'm curious how their ramen is. Um, but we also give out a free year of Letterbox patron every week. Um, gets rid of ads. Get a backdrop on your profile. Sort your favorite streaming services. Get notifications when they're on there. Um, where's that review at? I pulled it up here. It's from our boy Mosh. Mosh getting another year of uh, Letterboxd patron. The close-up of Florence Pugh in that quaff is the greatest Excuse thing me. I've seen in my life on Letterboxd. We'll get can into you say it. that? Yeah, we, we can say it on this show. Other shows you might really? not say. <sighs> um, Danny, did you watch anything you want to talk about this week? <sighs> I watched one movie we want to talk, I got to talk about, but... Um, we don't talk about trailers enough on this show, Uh-oh. and it's fine. I know you guys aren't trailer people, but I am. Uh-oh. Watching Dune 2 today, there was a trailer that um, had me grinning ear to ear. I cannot cannot wait to watch this Let film. Let it out. Let, Did you ready. guys get the trailer for Fall Guy? The Ryan Gosling, we didn't get any Emily trailers. Blunt movie? I might have missed it. I. It's like my highest... Like I'm looking forward to this the most this year. I couldn't <laughs> excuse stop laughing at this trailer. Yeah, I was chilled up. How good it is! I mean, we're living in like 
a renaissance of these Gotham <laughs> movies. Okay. Workshopping. I, I can't believe how funny this, I mean, I'm, I'm all for this film right now. It was a mm-hmm. banger of a trailer. And it lo- I'm it looks excited fun. about it. It looks yeah, it silly looked, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to see To that. me, he's so funny. So I'm excited. His the truck is in that, right? I think we talked about the truck before you had oh seen the trailer God, the like, month, like a month right. ago or something. Yeah. I was pulling up Google image searches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Very I'm excited. down to see that. Um, this week I watched the um, ni- tw- 19, the 2014 film Fury with uh, Brad Pitt, um, Shia LaBeouf, Michael Pena, John Berthnall. Uh, it's about the um, World War Carl. II tank. That's the I think it's the wrong one. <laughs> no, but I think Berthold <laughs> did it too several times. Did Berthold do it? He was uh, so these are the these are the Sherman tank driving war days uh, in the war. I'm going to ignore all this because I hate Walking Dead. I did see a trailer for Walking <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, What was I talking about? Oh, (laughs) Fury! God damn! Uh, Fury, uh, the tanks, David Ayer movie. It was good. It wasn't amazing. I wanted it to be amazing. I thought Brad was awesome in it. I think Shia is pretty great in it too. Um, I don't know what's happened to Shia. I haven't kept up on pop culture with him. Where's Shia? I, I miss him. I think he's trying to become like a Catholic priest last I saw in the tabloids at the supermarket. My. Should I come back? Is that on IG? Where did you see that? <laughs> that might have been on Reddit. IG Explorer. Like a suggested subreddit that I looked at six months ago that I keep seeing. Whatever. Fury was fine. I did was fine. Three, three and a half stars, I think. I don't know. Four stars. Whatever I gave it. Fury is fine. It's not something that I would recommend to like, you know, if you're into World War II movies. It's at the bottom mm-hmm. of the list a bit. You kind of had it. me reeling though when you were saying how that the ending of that movie is actually oh based gosh. on a, an actual event. Because yeah, when I a, saw this, I kind of wrote this movie off because I felt like the ending was war yeah. porn. It definitely it definitely crosses that line a bit. I when I when I think of like war porn, it's when we how we have to watch like bodies die. That's when it gets like I, this is this is I don't know if this is real. Like there's a there's a moment where. There's like five tanks lined up and they're coming down this field shooting at one German tank and like a, a, a tank shell like blows a guy in half and which we, we like visually like watch it perfectly. It's like, this is enough, David. We don't need mm-hmm. to see this. But yes, the ending, um, not to spoil it too bit much, but there's, there's, like a, there's like a standoff at the end with like the one tank and the true story is like even greater stakes. Uh, that I feel like would have made a, a better ending in the film, but uh, I, the ending's kind of crazy cool. Mm. Brad had like great hair in that movie, didn't he? Oh my god, Brad's Amazing. hair in that movie! Jeez, I mean, if we got like Hanks and Spielberg to do a Sherman Tank miniseries on Apple TV Plus and just bring back Brad for it with his hair, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Did you see that? There's um, did you watch that new show that's on there? Is it called Constellation? News, no, sci- I like another new sci-fi space show on Apple TV. It's like yeah, the there's only, like seven of them. It's like the new sci-fi channel, and yet we make fun of it. But everything I've watched on Apple TV has been pretty great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, 
we'll we'll talk about my movie in the uncut. We got a lot of jam packed episode. I don't want oh. this to be a two hour episode, okay, folks? Um, we got to get into Dean. Dib. Part two, episode two hundred eight, event episode. They said it couldn't be done. Us coming back to Dean. Half of two hundred eight is ninety one. Do you believe? Oh my god. What's this movie about? Previously on Dune, Paul Atreides has his whole planet of people relocated to Arrakis, the planet with the spice. They got 1v2'd horde by the Harkonnens and the Emperor Shaddam Corino IV. But little Paul and his mom slip away into the desert and befriend the desert power people, a.k.a. the Fremen. In part two, Paul seeks revenge against his enemies. Slowly, with the help of mommy, Paul converts the Fremen to believe that he is the prophesied Messiah who will lead them into the paradise they long for on Arrakis. But he has a few problems. The biggest being Elvis. He has (laughs) shaved his head, received an orbital bone implant, and put meat back on the menu. But Paul is ready. See, he's going to do what no man has done. He's going to drink worm piss and see the future. No, this isn't a Nathan Fielder idea. This is the Kwisatz Hatteract on Dune. Dune 2. We made it. We made it. What a what a journey to get here, finally, after Dune. You know, I mentioned at the top of the show, for, just for folks that skipped through all our BS, I mentioned, you know, we were the bravest hosts mm-hmm. to cover this movie and say that we liked it, mm-hmm. just not as much as everyone else. And, you know, you ever heard of this character, Jesus, being crucified on the cross? That was us. <laughs> we were on three crosses, podcast crosses. Not just three Jesuses crucified at once. <laughs> So I think what I want to do first before we go around the room is maybe check in on mm-hmm. how we view the first movie now that time has passed. You know, at least two of us have done a rewatch um, ahead of this one. So I did a rewatch on my LG OLED TV. Um, it looks stunning. The audio was amazing. Um, I still felt the same that there just wasn't enough humor or emotion or like characters for me to care about necessarily. And I ended still at three and a half stars, me personally. Um, Pardo, what about you? I think that might have changed though for you on your your rewatch. Yeah, I rewatched it and I gave it five stars on this viewing. Uh, I think for me, I think the biggest thing was watching it and knowing that this one was just a week away to seeing part two. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel so distant or unresolved this time around. And it was so funny because uh, there was a a TikTok that was shared also of like a guy saying the same exact thing of like, oh, I felt much better about watching this knowing that I'm getting part two. And that was like my exact feeling um, mainly. But I also agree. I think it just looked incredible. Um, I loved watching it at home. Like I don't feel like it, I really like lacked anything from watching it at home versus like in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was pumped and ready for this one. 
Right. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it can be a different experience knowing that there is a sequel officially greenlit as opposed to a part one with no right. green light. Daddy, did yeah. you or did you not rewatch ahead of time? Mm-mm. I didn't rewatch. There wasn't really anything I needed to see again. Uh, right. You were like three stars, was it? Uh, that episode, I think. I would say Maybe. probably three, three and a half. Stay tuned. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go, and also just to reiterate, Proto, I mean, Dune expert, read the books. You yeah, know, you've read the books, you've I, launched a Dune specific podcast historically. Yeah. Like you were a part of the OG crew for Escape Hatch, nay, Dune Pod. Uh, you retired yeah. from that role. You had enough. You moved on to this moment. So we'll go around the room. Each host jots down a few notes. Um, We'll go roundtable discussion, main things we want to talk about, and then we'll give our letterbox rating. I had to also point out that, you know, Proto and I saw this movie together uh, mm. in the Chamonix IMAX. I was taking notes periodically on my phone. I had my brightness down to zero, as low as it can go. Tried to obscure it with my leg, you know, as I'm jotting down notes. So, you did a great job. Your glasses yeah. on the end of your nose. <laughs> so I did not re- go to the theaters to rewatch this again. My only theatrical viewing is that press screening that we went to. Um, where do I want to start? I I guess right off the bat, I feel like for me personally, this is a a gigantic improvement from the first movie. Like rewatching the first movie just felt like a very cold experience emotionally, and just like. I said earlier, like caring about any of these characters or having an idea of where this movie's going. Um, there was a lot more humor in this movie. There was a lot more emotion. And I think some of that also can be due to Hans Zimmer's music, which I'm sure we'll get into. There was there was like a piece of music in this score that I don't remember in the first movie that just carried like an emotional resonance for me in many scenes because there's like more emotional mm. things that happen in this movie. Um, you know, sh- uh, is it Chani? Is it Chani or Shawnee? Zendaya's character. It's Zendaya. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that she kept the same name. Um, so at least for for this particular viewing, I felt like all of those things were now in this movie. But then also, there's like an insane scale and more sci-fi ish things in this particular mm-hmm. part. Um. And Proto and I talked a little bit like outside of the theater, but I'm, I'm curious oh, if that is similar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if that's similar to you, Proto, or it's just like more of the same from the first movie. Yeah, I'm not sure how I would say the uh, like the emotional level. I think you're right. I think there there is more in this, but it definitely got my my nerd heartstrings. This one, mm. so I saw this twice. I think at this point. I think I'm the only person on the planet who's seen it twice. <laughs> wow. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I saw it twice. And I, as a nerd, you know, I cried both times Excuse when he me. picked his name, <laughs> Muad'Dib, <laughs> because that's my favorite part of the book. And oh. I just, like, each time, I, like, the, the tears welled up. So I feel like I had more of an emotional reaction to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're right. I think there is more levity in this. Like it's, it's definitely funny. Like they try to throw in some more humor in this, for sure. Um, Speaking of crying, I mean, Perno's Dune Part Two review, that first one, 171 likes right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Unreal on Letterboxd. Yeah. 
Sheesh. they're at his feet right now. <laughs> the letterbox Mwadib. <laughs> Kiss my feet. <laughs> Uh, Danny, what what was your yeah. thoughts on that that topic? You know, this maybe including more things, like maybe more scale, more sci fi, maybe some more emotion, or or did it did it hold the same as the first one? Oh, um, I would say it it held the same. You know, I don't know, I don't know how to answer that. I don't feel like I think there is a lot more to like in this movie than it was the first one. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm not emotionally attached to anyone after, at the end of this movie. I, mm. I, I'm really not. And I don't know what it is. I did find it. I did find the audience laughing at things and I'm like looking around like, what did I miss? What was, what was the joke? <laughs> I can barely understand what Javier is saying anyway. Did he, what was his joke <laughs> that everyone's laughing at? Um, like the theater, the entire entire theater is like laughing, and I'm just like they're drooling in this theater. They're laughing I'm it like up. Seinfeld getting up and walking out. I don't, I don't even know what they're laughing at. <laughs> Licking their armpits. They all have blue eyes when Danny turns around. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I think okay. the, I, I think the most I liked is uh, the scale of things. I think I don't know about the. I don't think there's. I don't think there's that much more sci-fi in this and the first one I think they have them at like extreme levels of very science fiction stuff mm-hmm. um, yeah one thing I want to ask you both is do you feel did you feel like you knew what was was going to happen because you watched like David Lynch's Dune do you guys have like memory of the story you felt like a good sense of how where it was going to go I feel like I had there were things that I was looking forward to seeing in this that was in Lynch's that wasn't in the first Dune, mainly the stuff with uh, Austin Butler's character um, and Dave Bautista. So I guess more stuff with the, I don't remember, the Harkonnens. Mm. Um, I think that was kind of it. And I was hoping that there was more, and they, we do get a lot more Timothy and Paul. Um, so that's what I was kind of looking forward to was the the Paul's rise to um, Mwadib. Mwadib. Um, the battle between him and Fayed. Sting. Um, God, imagine if it was Sting again. Was, actually, I was I was actually wondering because when the movie ended and, you know, not to reference part of my talking in the parking lot again, I was mainly just asking questions about the movie and the book. Because I listened to those early Dune Pod episodes, I kind of know what happens in the next movie because I listened to those episodes about the book. So I was mainly curious. I had like vague memories of the daughter in the the Lynch movie being a like a younger girl. And then I thought maybe that they freed water at some point. Like I, maybe that was a dream sequence that I thought was the ending of the movie. Um, so those were the things that I was just kind of like hazy on. Um, That's Mad Max Fury Road where they free the water. <laughs> No, you're right. There was the young girl, right? That was talking through the t- right. telekinesis. She, th- yeah, she yeah. was vu- She was like shown as a younger girl as opposed to like a, a voice slash fetus. But this was the fetus, right? Instead, the, the Kwisatz Cabbage Patch. <laughs> I think it's the official phrasing. Um, part of what's the top of your list for, for Dune Part 2? Yeah, as I was thinking about the movie, I found myself just wanting mostly to talk about the performances and the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the first on my list really is Austin Butler. Okay. As Fade Rotha. Um, you know, we got some promotional stuff before the movie. Um, but he, and it, you know, we're watching Danny and I, Masters of the Air right now. Mm -hmm. So Austin Butler is uh, a main character in that. So we see a lot yeah, of him in 1940s, you know, airmen. Butt boys. Excuse me. <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah. You can fart noise yourself for that. <laughs> <laughs> you could, yeah, you could self-flagellate. <laughs> um, but I think he, man, he just looks so wild in this. Um, does he have an implant in his forehead in this movie? <laughs> mm, I have an it looked, for you. It looked pronounced. He has a pronounced forehead. He has a forehead like me, I feel like. It's just, yeah, it looked like something exactly was going. Like yours. <laughs> <laughs> Freakish fade is very similar to my human forehead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah he, I don't know. His shaved head, It's something's going on there. Maybe he, yeah, Hannah suggested a bald cap. Maybe they're covering up hair, mm -hmm. so there's just going to be more so there. Yeah, I, don't know. I watched an interview with him, <clears throat> and they asked him about it, about him shaving his head for the movie, and he said because of the bike um, oh, bike riders. Bike riders yeah. He couldn't shave his head or his eyebrows, so the bald cap goes from the back of his neck to just to his eyelid, and it mm. took like three hours for them to to do it all seamlessly. So you can't mm. see uh, anything. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I loved. Uh, I I thought Austin was great. I loved him in this role. I thought he played this weird, you know, sociopath character. Um really well and I thought the way he was realized as like another member of this sicko family you know they're they're all very clearly themed as you know sicko Harkonnens but they're mm -hmm. all a little different too um, so I think of just like his design and like how they thought it out and um, you know I don't know if I I don't like necessarily love like the arena like the fighting in the arena but the Giddy Prime that planet, man, those scenes on their homeworld were just unbelievable to me. Yeah. Talk about scale and size. That felt huge when they're in the arena. Mm -hmm. Now, all those like faraway shots of just like their armies or them greeting people, it looks sick. Like all yeah. those shots, like the wide shots of all those locations. But the, uh, the was it infrared, black and white, how they filmed the, the arena stuff? That was like bizarre. Yeah, but I thought Austin was fine. He didn't blow me away. It was like wild to see him in that kind of like Darth Vader Sith outfit towards the end of the movie. He's wearing like a cape and, you know, black leather fatigues, but with armor. That was pretty wild. Mm -hmm. Getting getting some some more Star Wars vibes there. Yeah, I didn't like Austin at all in this. And I th I I'd finally warmed up to him when he'd had the fight with Paul at the end. I thought the choreography and the emotion that he brought to that fight, the the kind of final battle was great. There was just something a bit silly about him for most of the time. I didn't find him, I mean, besides the just slashing people's throats willy-nilly, which I, I know that's a part of his character. I don't know. There was just something about it that just felt, I think, and I, I think it's because of knowing his kind of Elvis history and I just kind of look at him with already jaded eyes. So I, mm. he was fine. I, I didn't find mm. it like overly compelling as a bad guy. Um, but visually, that that whole bit on their planet is bonkers. And I love yeah. the reverse um, 
celebration where it's daytime with black fireworks and when it goes to nighttime it's white fireworks they're like ink splotches in yeah. the sky that oh. was brilliant i just love that oh. yeah there's a lot of talk online that austin butler turns in the performance of a lifetime in Dune in this too like the in greatest this. oh in this every movie in, he's in in <laughs> everything he history. does and then I, I mute that, that tweet or that thread instantly. Austin couldn't figure out how he wanted to sound in this film, it felt like. There, he was trying different accents on every planet he's he He's a psychopath. To. Maybe he talks in different cadences. He's trying to nail down you know, many I different I think his things. first line sounded exactly like Elvis. <laughs> Obviously, he looks homage. over his shoulder. Yeah. What's the first thing you want to talk about, Danny? I think, I think we've kind of talked about this. I'm going to say it again. The way that Greg Frazier... And Dennis Villanueva captures scale is kind of breathtaking in this film. Mm. There's there are just moments where um I don't really care what's happening. I just kind of want to stare at the screen. Like I want to push pause for a second yeah. and just stop to see what I'm looking at. Because there's just it's not is and it's even scenes where there's not even a lot going on. There's just kind of um even like looking out across the desert, them just like planning an attack on the spice, whatever things. I just can't get over what they've done in this film. And I don't feel like I felt the same way in the first movie. I know I, I know visually I was kind of shocked at what I was seeing in the first film. And I think I just expected to be at that level again. But there was something about um, just the spectacle of the scale in this and the design of it felt it felt like a different different from part one enough to where yeah. I'm like damn this is I don't know what they did different because I know they kind of filmed them not so much back to back but it it's like something changed or like they hit another gear at some point mm -hmm. for visually what we're looking at yeah people I mean people are asking should Roger Deakins retire after this movie came out I don't out. want to hear that name again is, is he yeah I don't I certainly never want to hear that name on this podcast again. Um, even just like the close-ups of, I mean, Timmy had so many just like close-up contemplative scenes yeah. and they were so zoomed in. Like it's almost like music video-ish a lot of times in this in this movie. You could say the whole thing's mm -hmm. a freaking music video. Um, and also, um, what's her face? Florence had so many of those similar shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where it's you just talk about focused. wanting to pause a pause a film. <laughs> you talk about, um, but I, I you can also just say like everyone in this movie is just gorgeous. So you're just gonna like just sit right, the camera right, right. on their face, and it's gonna be a, an amazing shot the way everything is filmed in the locations. Uh, but yeah, I also felt like he hit another gear in this movie. I mean, he just did the creator. He's done Rogue oh One. He's done the Batman. I mean, we can see you do the math with eighty million and two hundred million. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. He's a master. Yeah, the scale thoughts? really is incredible in this. The you mentioned that the spice harvester scene, both of them, one where they like they shoot it the the ornithopter with the rocket, there's that. But then there's like scene. the montage later on too where they're like just attacking them outright and just yeah, it it looks like magic. However, mm -hmm. they make it look so big and communicate that scale um is really impressive. I also really loved the Emperor's ship, like what a nutty oh, yeah. looking like alien ship. Especially Was that the, with the ball? Yeah, the ball, the reflective ball. Yeah, the sphere. Ball. That looked crazy. 
I didn't understand. Maybe you can tell me. Um, why was there flames coming off of it? Not that it didn't look amazing, but at the end when <laughs> oh yeah, they're attacking and there's like the directional flames were kind of Yeah, I think that's like the shield that's on it. So like the dust probably hitting against it and burning up. Oh, or something. okay, 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 okay. I mean, it looked it looked rad. Yeah, it yeah. did look rad. Um next on my list, I mean, I I like said this in my review which brought out the Dune book nerds and I quickly yeah. shut off comments to friends only. <sighs> but like, I wrote like Star Wars meets, what the hell did I say? Star Wars the meets H.R. Geiger meets the Bible. And I don't know, just like, I didn't really see much of that to my liking in the first movie, but this one, it's like big time. Like I saw Last Temptation of Christ homages, <laughs> you know, like when uh, he's in like that kind of underground bunker proclaiming what they need to do um and just the couple with the designs of the movie but then also like obviously like the you see like jokey anakin comments in reviews but i mean you could i'm not trying to be hyperbolic but you could say that this is a version of anakin's story somewhat just told in a different way Hmm. like because in, in this one it's like way more pronounced that he doesn't see any good outcome of fulfilling the prophecy like in his visions uh-huh. and he doesn't, he almost like doesn't want to and Zendaya doesn't want him to. And he even says like, I'll just fight alongside you. And that's, let's just be happy with that. But then when he gets these visions and like seeing like, okay, this is just going to go very poorly. If I do this, if I drink the freaking water, don't make me drink it. And then he drinks it. And then he like tries to fulfill the prophecy and, and it just goes haywire. So like you, I mean, I saw like the Anakin parallels in that in a different way. Like, you could say the same thing of this could be like a Star Wars story in in a in a way in a manner of speaking, but then also like a Bible story. And then you hear the white savior stuff a lot. Um, but I don't know, it, it would just like really slap me in the face in this particular part of the series. Man, you're you're really gonna get the uh the nerds. The people who talk about Dune ripping or Star Wars referring off Dune commenting on this. <laughs> yeah, so I should you, elaborate. You, you really are going to get people them in my comments were like, fired up. Uh, actually, the Dune book came out before Star Wars, so really everything for Star Wars comes from Dune, yeah. <laughs> and they really wanted to make that known. Uh, yeah. By the way, so get the f out of my face. <laughs> get it out of here. There's other podcasts to call in on. There, yeah, there's a there's other podcasts where you can commiserate with our thoughts. Pardo, what did you think about the kind of religious parallels and maybe even potentially Star Wars parallels? Yeah, I think that's one reason that maybe people love this story so much and glob onto it. I think that's one reason I I do is that when you think of like sci-fi ideas or really even like storytelling ideas, this thing has like the kitchen sink in it. Um, And it, you know, has the bangers, you Mm -hmm. know, a Messiah coming to save a people... You know, he gets betrayed, you know, he dies, he come back, comes back to life. He has, he can see into the future. Like mm-hmm. it, it has like all of these elements of, you know, betrayal and friendship and, and all, all these big themes that you want in a story. But it's also wrapped in this crazy science fiction world that's realized in a very unique and compelling way with like interesting, you know, factions all coming at each other. So I, I think that's, um, what, why people love it so much. And yeah, I think you're right. I like, I felt those things too. It's like, it feels 
biblical. I, well, in my my review, I said like I thought I wanted Denny to like do a David movie, but um, like this feels. Oh, this was for when I rewatched Dune One. Um, but this feels like a, a Bible story, basically, yeah. because it is. It it really is. Like it has all those elements. I thought it was interesting too. I read an interview where he touched on like the white savior stuff, and he made changes to this part specifically with Zendaya because he wanted to make the focus more on like, is it Herbert? The guy who wrote the books mm-hmm. about Herbert's like main, you know, his intentions with before he wrote the books, like some of the, I guess his books didn't come off the way he intended, but he wanted to like show that like the savior idea is, can potentially be the wrong way. And that's mm-hmm. like, yeah. that's why he made changes to Zendaya's character in this compared to the books. Because I guess in the book, yeah. she's she just is just subservient to Paul. And this is like a major shift from the books, right, Prado? Where she kind of just goes her own way and she does not want him to be the prophecy fulfilled. Yeah, I don't really... I'm a little fuzzy on it, but that that sounds right from, from, um, from what I remember uh, from mm-hmm. reading the book. What you're saying, though, about like the whole um, savior thing is... Like, that is absolutely correct, is that even though he's like a, a hero, there's also like this dark, uh, like undercurrent throughout the narrative, even w- even with his mother, of like th- there being like a s- sinister motives or like they are the heroes, but is he actually a hero? And I think that's communicated pretty well in this movie. Um, it's very subtle, and I think it's subtle in the book. And I think that's the thing is that like people very easily read the book and. Um, they come away of like Paul's just a good guy savior, and you can can read the book that way if you don't continue to read the story. Um, so I, I think it, I, I think it um, the book you can come away with that, but I think the way they did it in the movie it kind of lends well to just those ideas that are it, it, present in the books. Right. Mm. I think when I watch this, I just definitely lean more towards it being very biblical than having anything to do with Star Wars. I don't really get any Star Wars vibe. I know you can make the connections, but I don't get that vibe very much watching this. It feels so separated from Star Wars uh, thematically, visually. I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to, that's the thing. Like, If you want to just draw lines through everything, you can probably do it with 10 different sci-fi films. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Danny. I think I would I would say this is closer to like a series like Alien right. than Star Wars. I think in terms of tone especially. Like this is serious sci-fi. Whereas Star Wars is more like it's a, fantasy, it's a fantasy yeah. popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is darker. Right. I, when people say like this is my Star Wars or whatever, like Empire Strikes Back, I'm just like, yeah, this is not Star Wars. Like just you don't even like you don't breaks. even know. Come on, Star Wars. Calm down. <laughs> Have you even Pumped seen Star Wars? <laughs> Have you even seen the Book of Boba Fett, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> this is not Star Wars. Oh God. Prado's second point, I think. Ah uh, yes. Um. So Zendaya. Yes. Get so remember it. in the first movie, she's not in it. Yeah, where she wasn't in cameo. the movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she had a cameo in Dune Part One. She had a one. Anya Taylor Joy part in the first one. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but here she has a much bigger role in part two. And I'm tempted to say that I think she, I think she might give the best performance out of anybody in this movie. Um, sorry, I'm trying to fix my camera because I noticed some. You're blurry. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Microsoft blurry. Windows. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really, I really loved her in, in this. I thought she, the way she carried herself from scene to scene, her chemistry with with Timothy Chalamet was good. Uh, and I felt like their moments felt intimate and lived in. Like I felt very believable of 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 just how she was acting and and kind of inhabiting the role. So I really enjoyed mm-hmm. her performance. Yeah, it's bonkers to think that we almost lived in a world where there was no part two, and her role was just thirty seconds in the first movie. Like what? Like we? I just folks need to realize we were so close to doomed being it, and mm-hmm. it ending like that. Mm. Who knows? Half a but movie. I agree. I thought their their chemistry was was really good. They had some great lines together. Um, I thought I wrote it down, but maybe it didn't. There's like when they're having this conversation together. Um, when he's talking about like wanting to be with the Fremen or join her, and he's like, "I want to be your equal." I think he says, right. and she's like, "Maybe I'll show you the way." I thought that was a great scene. Also, like visually too, they're just sitting on that sand dune. And the camera's like behind them or whatever. Like, dang, that looks nice. I think Denny's favorite time of day is like just before sunrise. Because if you watch <laughs> his movies, he's like has a scene that, you know, Arrival had a lot of that. Sicario mm-hmm. has that. It's like he uses that all the time. And it, it does. It looks great. Especially yeah. in the desert. I also thought like the passage of time worked pretty well. Because he goes, oh, also when he like goes into the desert for 40 days or whatever. Like, Come on. Hello? Bible? Four days, four nights. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, they almost like looked, they almost like winked at me when I was in the theater. Like, <laughs> uh, Javier Bardem was like, we need to send you into the desert. You need to survive the desert for 40 days. And then he winks at me. <laughs> wink, wink. Jesus, remember Jesus, viewer. <laughs> but I like, they, they kind of like, they showed a few scenes from that, but then they're like on a mission already. Like you can see that like enough time has passed that he's, he's like integrating with the, with the group, the Fremen, and then he gets the name. Um, and I mean, also it, I think like they did well enough to make it impactful at the end of the movie where like that big bombshell happens and she is forced to, you know, make her own decision at the end, mm. which needed to work really because it was the freaking end of the movie. Mm. What do you I think th- of her? I thought Zendaya was was awesome in this. I, I really was hoping for um, her to have like a great, some great moments in this and she really does. Um, her physicality is pretty great too in the fight scenes. Uh, and I love how she can um, express a lot of emotion in just like a facial expression. You get it definitely at the end when she's watching uh, Paul in that final fight when he says he'll take the hand of Florence Pugh and uh, you can really get the emotion like heavy from her without her, her kind of even doing mm-hmm. anything but a facial emotion. And I yeah. think she's brilliant in that. Um, as far as chemistry goes, there's zero chemistry for me between him and her and Timothy. I, I couldn't get any of it ever. Even we got like the finish of a sex scene with the two of them. I'm like, what are we doing? Oh, here, the Denny? sweaty, they're sweating on each other. I, I couldn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I thought that scene was good. I like that scene. 
No. The scene where they're like under the tent. No, I, I'm not getting any, any sort of chemistry between the two of them. I, I don't know what it is. It's, I, you know, I do know what it is. Um, and I can go into my next point if we want. Please. It's Timothy. I don't think Timothy, I'm not convinced by Timothy still after two movies of him being the right person for this Paul role. I, I'm not getting leader vibes from him. Whenever he yells at somebody, I, it almost makes me laugh. Like I would be the only one in the theater laughing at this joke while everyone's laughing at the real jokes. I don't find Timothy compelling <laughs> at all in these films anymore. Especially I, this. He, I don't I don't find him to be a leader. He doesn't like mm-hmm. he doesn't like exude that kind of uh I'm commanding the crowd. And I don't have a knowledge of the books. All I have is David Lynch's Zoom that I've Zoom Zoom Dune. Yeah. Dune um, that Dune. I've seen. So I just I really Timothy is what lets this all down for me. And I don't I don't enjoy him at all. And I love Timothy. You want to give Timothy Chalmay a swirly, don't you? After this, you yeah. To- I could definitely <laughs> give him a swirly in this film. He has no power over me. Frodo? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh well, yeah. You know, when I said that Zendaya has chemistry with Timothy, I kind of was pretty purposeful because I kind of agree. Like, I don't think they have it together. Like it doesn't go mm. both ways. I think she kind of carried yeah. their relationship in this movie. She could have chemistry um, with a broomstick if she wanted to. Yeah. Screen. That's true. Zendaya has that power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- so my biggest gripe after rewatching the first movie was Timothy. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, that's what I came away with thinking that like, I don't think he was the right pick for this role. Um, I, and I think the first half of this movie, he is not inspiring at all. Um, I think his best bits are when he does the things that like Timothy Chalamet is good at. Like, he, like he's the awkward guy. Like, hey, what are you guys talking about over there? You know, and like kicks <laughs> right. his foot. Like that's a Timothy Chalamet scene. And it looks good because that's kind of what he gets paid to do. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he's good at. Um, but yeah, like the, the, there's like that scene where he like yells at his mom when yeah. she's like, getting on the sandworm. It was like, come on. Yeah, he, was, he really went at it with that one line. Even I was like, what are you doing, bro? It's like, oh, dude, man. you're a Fremen. They could hear you. Like <laughs> Everyone there could hear you right now. <laughs> yeah, he just, he just doesn't, he, I don't know what it is. It's just something about him that didn't exude the leader of this army, the Messiah. It just doesn't, it doesn't fall on me for, for mm. all the right reasons. Grelefant he's the whole in, movie. He's the whole movie. So it's like. <sighs> Grelefant in chat uh, comments in our Discord. I think in general, the casting is just so lazy. All they did was hire all the trendiest actors without consideration for how they fit the character. When Anya showed up, I could barely handle it. Mm, yeah. I mean, you do character. have the most trendiest actors on the planet in this movie. Like, this is it. Like, these are the members of the zeitgeist right oh now on the planet. That was actually one of my notes is that this movie almost, it kind of feels almost like a generational shift of actors mm. of like this, this movie has like a whole class of the hotness mm-hmm. <laughs> in it all at once. Mm-hmm. And they're all on display for you to see, yeah. uh, which is pretty wild. And yeah, it's like a, a $200 million kind of, dollar movie. Yeah. What kind of hot are you into? <laughs> It's basically what it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Um, 
Is it my number three, maybe? Oh, what was I going to say? Something about Timmy yelling. Yeah, when he yelled at, like, I think this is the first time I've ever heard Timothy Chalamet yell, was this movie. Him yelling at his mom <laughs> and then it, in the underground area. He does it in the tent in the first one at his mom as well. And oh, it's yeah. just, like, so off-putting. Like, I mean, he was right to yell at her. She turns and she, she's her evil machinations. How crazy does she get in this movie? Like, evil witch territory. Fast. Mm. Right? Dude, her eyes popping out of her head after she drinks the warm piss. Sheesh. The convulsing that she does. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of of Timmy's speech scene at the end, though? So, Danny, you didn't really care for it then? No, actually, I have that written down as one of my favorite moments. Um, is that when he takes the power of the Fremen, right? In the cave mm-hmm. scene. Um, I thought that was good. I think, that, I think that's probably the my... Well, that's not my favorite part of Timothy in this, but he doesn't have a speaking in my favorite part. But I think that's a good, it's a solid, it's a solid moment for him. I think, but it's also very atmospherical with that scene where everyone around him's kind of reaction kind of lifts that scene as well. It's, it's a very, um, it's a very exciting scene. Yeah. And I think the dialogue is very moving. Like the way it's written Mm -hmm. is really good. And the way it's shot is really good. I think Denny is very good at getting performance, the performance he wants out of his actors. And I think that really helps in this case with mm-hmm. like Timothy making him kind of fill that role a little bit more as like a leader. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think he's nails it. I mean, I honestly would be open to them recasting recast. if they do a Dune 3. Get an older guy in there, oh, maybe. That would well, it does be the do a jump, story. right? Isn't Messiah like <laughs> future? Twelve years in the future, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. He's gonna grow a mustache. Timmy. <laughs> something. He's gonna have a mustache. Um, I didn't give my thoughts on Timmy. I think he's fine. It didn't bother me or any of his scenes. Really, I thought it was fine. It didn't blow me away or anything. Um, my last note: we haven't talked about the music so i'll just this is just a quick pre-final note thought unless someone else brings out the music i love the music i thought like i, I went back to listen while danny was doing his pre-show um just to hear like what that note was um in the film because there is that hook of music in the film that they play at certain points and especially when zendaya leaves and i just thought it was amazing I thought it was great great hook and I don't remember anything in the music really from the first from the first part. Um, but having said that, my final point: um, we were talking about the final scene, you know, the big fight scene with Fade, yeah. Christopher walking. Well, <laughs> he was barely doing any walking uh, in this movie, but Christopher Walken, his daughter, um, when he suggested that he take her hand in marriage. I remember specifically turning to Pearl and going like, what? (laughs) I I was not expecting uh, that because, you know, again, I don't really remember. I I thought the ending of the first movie was like them freeing the water and the story is essentially over. So the fact that we're getting kind of like another non-ending where he's like declaring war on the other houses and he's offering to marry Florence Pugh and Zendaya goes off running. Like, that's not an ending of a movie. That's like, a, it's like an Empire Strikes Back non-ending. Like, oh, I, I got to wait now for the final part to end this. Which I'm presuming, and they'll probably do it again, like five days after the premiere. They'll be like, ha Dune 3 is coming. <laughs> um, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like, 
maybe part of if that's similar to the books, if you even remember, um, but how you felt like this as, as closing the chapter for this movie leading into the next one. Well, this is pretty much how the book ends. And no matter how much I love Dune, I find it kind of dissatisfying the way mm. it ends. It's kind of a downer of an ending because it feels like things are just kind of like you're ready for part three to start of this story. Like right. if the book is split into two parts, it's like, well, this feels like it's missing the third part of like what happens because it's very abrupt in that like, you know, they capture them. He has the fight. They win. It's over. Like it just ends right there. There's no like epilogue of like even the stuff that they hint at of like the the um, the Fremen leaving the planet. From what I remember, I don't I don't think any of that is in the book. Um, so it's very abrupt in the book. Um mm. And I think that's kind of just like the struggle. I was curious if he was going to have like hints to part three, kind of like getting into the second book. But he really, you know, they they didn't do any of that, um, which makes me think they're definitely doing a part three. And, and um, also makes me wonder too, I never looked this up, but is it possible to condense the third book into one movie if he's really just going to end, right? Like how big is the third book? Because he had to split up the first book into two movies. Um, this so it would be the second book. Um, That's what I'm sorry. It, it's it's the shortest of the series, the book. So they could do oh, it, okay. but I would imagine. I don't know. I could see him doing it in two movies. I, <laughs> oh, I read that Diddy doesn't want to. I, th I think he doesn't he want to do it in two only, movies. I think I read he only wants to do one more, and he doesn't yeah. want to be tied down to a franchise anymore after this. Good. Good for him. Good for him. Thank you, Danny. He saw the creator as well. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows what he can do with $80 Greg million. Dollars. Like whispering to him. You know what you could do with... <laughs> yeah, Danny, <laughs> there, do Danny there's other things we can do, Danny. We don't have to yeah, do Danny, the sand please. stuff anymore. Please. Get out of the sand. <laughs> what did you think of the ending, Danny? Um, I thought the fight was awesome. I thought it was shot really well. There was something I was disappointed that they didn't do in this that I I vaguely remember being awesome in the Lynch version is when Paul defeats Elvis. Mm -hmm. He does that like ground stomp. He's like stomps him into the ground or something. It was that in the Lynch version where he like, he cracks the ground with his body or something. I was hoping for that to happen again in this movie. I thought it was badass, but he definitely does like a stomp towards the emperor at the end. Yes, thank you, Sammy. He uses the voice. He uses like his, yeah, 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 yeah. He uses his voice and like shatters Sting into the ground in the lunch movie. I thought that was a badass scene. I really wanted to see that in this movie. Um, but Zenzaya riding off into the sunset, I liked. It was fine. Mm -hmm. it, it was, it felt like it was just at the ending. So um, I could wasn't sure how much more I could take this film anyway. So I'm glad <laughs> it was kind of over after that fight. <laughs> Mike in chat says Dune Messiah is shorter than The Hobbit. So, dot, dot, dot. At least three parts. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let Peter hear this. <laughs> the Hobbit. Oh my God. Should that be our December? Should we do Stop. the Hobbit Let's movies? Stop. Oh my God. That would be insane. We got to noodle on that. There could be something there. <laughs> there could be a nugget of something there. <laughs> Proto final point. So, you know, watching the first one, I loved the 
how the world was realized and how it was adapted to the the screen. And I felt the same way with this. Um, I thought there's so many like costumes and the way the world feels and looks, it looks lived in um, the Bene Gesserit headpieces and their whole getup. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson with the jewelry, the tattoos. I mean, it was all dynamite. Mm. You know, yeah. even like the Hark the Harkonnens, like those guys looked pretty badass with those those headpieces, whatever they had on too. Like I thought, like everything in terms of the design and what they came up for uh, the world in this was just dynamite. I, mm-hmm. Like it, it felt it felt true to the book and kind of just a continuation of the first movie. Mm. Yeah, this definitely felt like a movie where um, if you're a fan of Dune and the book, you're like incredibly rewarded to, with these films. Like it, it does, it feels like this is a perfect, it's something perfect for Dune fans. Yeah. Um, it really does. It, 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 if you live, have lived in this world for any moment of time, um, I feel like Denny really did it well for them. For me, Rebecca, I think is the best part of this film. I think her performance from beginning to end of her turn, I guess not turn. She's always been kind of uh, not evil, but on that witchcraft side of things. Um, and I found her the most compelling in this. And I think she's pretty incredible mm-hmm. in this throughout the whole thing. I liked her performance a lot. Is Oscar listening? Will Oscar call for Rebecca? Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac? Next March. For the award. Will people remember this movie next March? That's a great question. Will people remember this movie next month? I don't know. A lot of runway. (laughs) Danny, final point. I'll end on saying my favorite part of this film. Oh, yeah, I'll say I'll I'll save it for the final thoughts. Um, My favorite part of this movie, and I got full-on full-body chills at this scene when, um, and I wanted to stand up and kind of salute everyone who made this film when Paul is learning to ride the worm, like that mm. scene visually, um, the music, the performances, there was the, the, the subtleness of like Javier, his like reaction to Paul calling the big giant worm and them kind of like, Oh damn is he going to do this? Like there was like, there was a real fear. Like it was like, haha, is he going to ride the worm? And then when he calls the giant worm, they're like, Oh shit, I don't know if he can do this. And he does it. It's just, there was like my body, like, like I felt the chills. I felt yeah. like Baron Harkonnen, like raising from my seat, <laughs> levitating at that moment. Cause it really was an incredible moment of film. I, I, there was just so, everything combined in that, in that scene really worked well. And, and riding the worms, is like such a badass thing in this movie because it, it's also I'm still talking thank you <laughs> Christ get his ass one of the things I loved about the writing of the the worms they show subtly is how he can like control like left and right like I didn't understand how the worm just didn't just take it wherever he wanted to go like I love like the hooks under the the like gills of this worm that he can control left and right movement. The one thing I have a question about, I don't know if it's from the book at all. Um, how do they get off when they <laughs> yeah. get to places? Like yeah, how does seriously. the worm just like stop and let them off? Right. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe the worm keeps going, but they take off the hooks and it just dives into the sand. And they just like, yeah. Maybe. Because they have like, how do they, I'm interjecting now. How do they get 1,000 people onto the worm? Yeah. Yeah. That's Are they all jumping at the same time in a line? Like it's it's your turn to ride the ride and you jump and you're on it? Yeah. That was, there was, I had questions. It's fine though, because it looks awesome. But I did have those questions. Yeah. Well, I always had those questions when I was reading the book because from what I remember, Herbert doesn't really explain too much okay. of how they do the worm stuff. So I was very curious as to how how they would do it in the movie. And I think the way they do it is is like brilliant um, of where they put the thumper and then yeah. he like has to run over and, and jump on the worm. Yeah. It, it all makes sense and, and, and looks great. George Lucas would mm-hmm. have explained it clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I, I was pretty taken aback by how well it looked. I mean, because this looks like the easiest thing to screw up, right? Like doing anything the, with these yeah, freaking worms. Yeah, it could be super cheesy. It's going to look horrendous, but they did yeah. pretty well by filming like, it's such a wide base and they just threw a bunch of sand in front of a fan and like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this looks pretty good. This looks realistic. <laughs> 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 um, actually, as of recording, we're recording this on a Saturday. I was curious what the box office, opening box office would be for Dune. I think the first That's one fair. opened at like 40 something. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was same day digital on HBO and then also in oh theaters. God. Forgot about that. So this one is is it sounds like it's going to end at seventy five mil. Um, uh, opening is that good? Domestic. I don't know if that's good. Yeah, it's better than the first one for sure. Yeah, this is a shocking stat one. right now. That's still less than the opening weekend of Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> domestic. So. You do uh, with that what you will. You do the math. Uh, my honorable mentions, I like the intro that like Florence Pugh previously on or like where we stand <laughs> yeah. now since you were in theaters. <laughs> that was cool. I thought that, I thought that was really well done. Uh, Javier Bardem, you know, he's in this movie a lot. I liked him a lot. He brought some of that humor and emotion that I was missing in the first movie for sure. He was funny. Uh, a lot of funny scenes with him. Um, Fade Bones of Bene Gesserit, Margot Fenring. That whole scene, we haven't even talked about that. Remember like their machinations <laughs> behind the scenes to like potentially have another prophecy oh, child? right, 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 right. Leia Sedu. <sighs> Touch my <Golly>. body. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Um, Josh Brolin's hair. God. Imagine having yeah. hair that you can do multiple styles with. Like, we talked about Brad Pitt earlier, yeah. but man, what's yeah. it going to take? Do I need like surgery? Yeah. Do I need some kind of million yeah, dollar do hair implants? Hair, hair implants? Okay. Yeah. See if we can get a sponsorship. His little ditty that he plays on the Balisette. Oh, oh yeah, I, about that. I love that. Balisette. That was cool. Okay. The, um, oh yeah. He was like, what was he like a bounty hunter to start? You know, they were like Smuggler. spice mining spice illegally. Smuggler. They were doing the Kessel another Run. Star, <laughs> another Star Wars rip. There it is. God. Um, don't, speaking of which, I was about to say don't comment on my Letterboxd review. If you don't follow someone on Letterboxd, chances are you shouldn't comment on their review. It's like, mm. if you have half a brain. Not that those people are listening to the show. Um... Last Temptation of Christ when he's yelling in the pit vibes big time. Is this the most expensive movie ever made? That battle at the Citadel with the worms and, and all that stuff. I don't even know what 
scene was happening, but I wrote specifically in the theater, Fade getting a boner. Like, what was <laughs> something oh, yeah. was happening? That was the Leo Saido scene. No, Leo this Saido, was yeah. this was towards the end when all of them were grouped together, I think, with walking there. Because oh. he, he remember he was there just like standing around when all this was going. Oh, on. he was like doing like the Darth Maul pacing behind them, watching. Paul. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, Paul was doing it. Doing you it gonna so. cut me, Paul? Yeah. Oh yeah, Hannah brings it up. Watching his uncle die, he was pretty oh, turned on by yeah. his uncle. Dying. Oh, that's he it. wanted to yes. kill his uncle. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I love the word atomics. Remember they were like talking about how they stored mm. the atomics. Very cool. Word. Oh, that was a cool thing to call him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the music when Zendaya walks away, what an ending. Um, I think I might be at four and a half stars for Dune Part 2. Goodness. It, it, it's it's redemption for the first movie, completely makes up for redemption. it. Uh, they're totally different movies, in my opinion. Again, everyone listening, these are our opinions. Yeah, chill Okay? Out. Chill the frig out. Um, <laughs> you could use so, words, like. so I had fun watching this, and... Um, I'm assuming like this in my head, this is like an Empire Strikes Back ending. I'm not comparing the two movies. Everyone chill. But in that, like this is an obvious part two. Now we're legit going to finish it. Like now we got mm. the money rolling in this franchise before this movie came out. I wish they would have announced it just as just a personal opinion. I wish they would have said like, yeah, we're doing part three. Because I, I still think it's a non-ending. Um, so that's where I'm at. Proto. I'd be curious to hear what, if any, gripes people have with like this as an adaptation of the book. Um, because no. personally, I don't really have any, and I'm curious if anybody would have like mm -hmm. a serious argument. Because there's there's some where they change things, but I'm like fine. I think with all the changes mm. that were made, or at least the ones I noticed. Yeah, I had that question for you as someone who read the book. Did you feel like there was anything missing that you were like, God, I really wish I could have seen that on screen. You know, one thing that I thought of is that him taking the water of life is like such a big moment and like a, like a psycho, a psychedelic experience mm -hmm. that the, the fact that it was so underplayed in the movie. Thank you. Is very deliberate. I feel. And I'm curious what like Denny's thoughts are mm -hmm. around that. Like maybe he didn't want to have like, Ooh, the super trippy scene in the, you know, the Dune movie. Cause that's maybe what people expect. But then also, so I, you know, I took my wife Jenna to see this today. Um, and I mentioned that to her. It's like, you know, that whole water of life thing's a big deal. And she, she didn't really get that at all from mm -hmm. the movie, which is kind of important. Like he becomes yeah. the, the person he's, destined to be in that moment but yeah. it, it's kind of you know not a, as big of a deal in the movie um so i think that's maybe like the i don't necessarily have a problem with it because i'm familiar with the story but i wonder if people who aren't familiar with it if they kind of kind of lose that importance of it there i definitely did because i think i'm in my notes it said paul turn paul's turn is so quick for so much of the first half of the movie he's like i'm not doing this right I'm not becoming the Messiah or whatever. And then like all of a sudden he drinks the warm piss and he's the Messiah. Like it happens so quick. If you like blink, you miss it. And it was so weird to me because it felt like it should have been like, 
a moment like when he's when he's with the Fremen and you have having like that bit like it has to it feels like a big landmark moment and it, he just kind of like all of a sudden Zendaya finds him pass out on the floor and it was very weird yeah. to me I, I I really expected a bigger moment for that same I guess we'll have to watch the audio commentary mm. <laughs> a couple of years I'm excited that Anya Taylor Joy was cast in the role that she is as um really sister. Yeah. Okay. I you know, I'm I'm I've turned a corner with Anya. Yes. Me and her ATJ. We've come a long way. Um seeing that Furiosa trailer at the beginning of this. Banging trailer. I am hype. Yeah. For that movie. George, if you're listening, please bring us home. Take care of us. <laughs> um but yeah, it made me really excited. I think if anything, that's kind of like the the thing that's hinted for the next part of the story because she plays a, a bigger role in, well, obviously she plays a role rather than like not a role in this movie. Mm. Um, so that, that kind of has me excited for, for what's to come. Um, I think Danny, I think you said it earlier perfectly or maybe it was slim, but just that like, this Disney. is such a, <laughs> this is such a movie for Dune nerds. And if you're like a Dune fan, it's hard to imagine like in terms of what you get when something's adapted to the screen, like, could you ask for anything better? And like, I don't know if you could, like anybody who's saying like, they're disappointed if you're a Dune nerd, like, I don't know how you would be. Right. Um, uh, so I loved it. It, it kind of hit all the buttons for me. I'm a, I'm a five stars. Yeah. Wow. Okay, let's see. My final thoughts. Florence Pugh saying figure like a hate crime. You catch that? She gave it the hard R both times. I mean, if you were wearing such elaborate headgear, I'd probably start saying words funny knives. too. I don't think she should have said it that way. Um, there was a moment in the music when um, I think it's one of the final like battle scenes where they're running up and the uh, drums are hitting really hard. My brain instantly put me in the Dark Knight Rises. I heard like mm. Hans Zimmer's Batman score in that and it really like sent me spinning. Like I, you know the scene where they fight in front of like Wall Street? It's like the yeah. snow, it's like Batman, Bane, the Gotham police and the whatever people. There's like a really heavy Hans Zimmer banging soundtrack you can you can cut it in here slim producer note uh, it sounds like the exact same music that was in this moment and i really went spinning when it happened my, um, i felt like my eardrums were rattling a few times in that theater like i was like oh. touching my ear because it was so loud yeah. i felt it in the back of my throat sometimes it was nuts are theaters too loud <laughs> you gotta ask <laughs> yeah who's regulating theater volume is there a regulator that checks the tapes every week Someone's in these theaters? It. Someone should be. Jenna was putting her fingers in her ears for Sorry. most of the movie. Really? Yeah. Should have got a free You got it. Um, that's about it for me, I think. I was fine on this film. I'm at three stars. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. This is a safe space, the three of us. I don't think Dune's for me. I don't enjoy this story very much. I think that's what I'm realizing. 
I think if you recast Timmy for me, I'd probably be a little bit more, but I don't know if I this, I'm really enjoying it. And I think that's what it is. What about Michael Sarah as mm, Paul yeah. Atreides in part three? It could be <laughs> it could be a game changer for me. <laughs> I'd, buy, I'd buy a ticket for that. If you put Ryan Gosling in as Paul, oh my, my god. god. Uh, the recast my, of the my century would be ringing. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. I, um, this is so funny to me because I, I've I've been thinking about this think about um, all week long, just kind of anticipating this from you. And I can't help but think back to the creator. Yeah. And knowing that you gave the creator five stars mm-hmm. and that you came out of Dune 2 and you're giving it three stars. Yeah. I don't like the Dune story. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. It's boring. Well, we love each other all the same, the three of us, after this. That's the main thing. Star Wars does it better. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars is my Star Wars. (laughs) There's your pull quote. Okay. uh, If you want to send us a letter, 70mmpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a audio memo if you so choose. Uh, I think we have a letter somewhere. Let me see. No one. Subject line, episode 91, part two, question mark. Hey guys, I had this big grand plan to start my email with a funny joke in Fremen, but it turns out there's no reliable online translator to do so. I was left no choice after this joke fell through, but to ask ChatGPT for the funniest Dune joke it could think of, and here goes nothing. What's the most used app in Dune part two? Sandstagram. It's just okay. like Instagram, but every picture is just more sand. Oh. Okay. You don't have a sound clip for that? Does it warrant a sound clip? I don't know. It might be, it might be too bad even more for a sound clip. Uh, now, if that doesn't calm your fears about AI taking over the entertainment industry, I don't know what will. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed part two as much as I did singing an IMAX at the Escape Hatch meetup. I would have never found their community without this amazing VHS village and tape deck network. Throughout the village, I've seen this movie bringing people together in San Francisco, the Midwest, Texas, and even the UK. And that right there is Desert Power. Love, Mm. Noel Mahdi. That would be my name if it was a Fremen's white savior. So that comes from Nolan. Thank you, Nolan. Thank you, Nolan. Thank you, Nolan. Don't ever make a joke again. (laughs) <laughs> it was ChatGPT technically <sighs> ChatGPT Desert Power I forgot about that line they didn't say that in this one did they that was just the first one with Oscar that's Desert yeah. Power man no Oscar in this one rip is not a flashback dead? oh well he is he is dead but I thought maybe we got a flashback we got a painting a burning painting True. rip uh Shantana send a VM let me hit the button on this Hey, 70mm pod. It's your boy, Shantana. I am driving at the moment. I'm heading to the Dune Midwest meetup. Getting together with other people from the Discord. And figuring out exactly where I'm going at the same time. (laughs) Doesn't sound safe. So Dune 2 is happening. Some people didn't think it would. Some people make stupid bets. Okay. I made $100 a couple years ago. Because someone didn't even think that Dune 2 was going to happen. But now we're looking at Dune 3. 
I would probably bet on Dune 4 or 5 down the road eventually. Calm down. Calm down. But I don't bet against Denis. I don't bet against Timothy Chalamet. And I don't bet against 70mm pod. This (laughs) has been an amazing community to be a part of over the last few years. And I'm more than thankful for all the people and all the movies and being able to come together and enjoy movies and music and paranormal stuff. Oh, and oh yeah. At the moment, driving past a police officer oh, as I need to get over and slow down. Okay. Oh no, it's Careful. not a cop. It is just a, oh, a fast person. So I'm getting over. And it is time to hang up. Thanks, guys, for everything. And cheers to Dune 3. (laughs) Cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Thank you, Shantana. Thank you very much. That was a jump scare. There was like 30 people at that Midwest yeah, that uh, dinner table. Where were they were eating at? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do. I didn't I, see an I, invite. Did you guys see an invite? I didn't even get an invite. I I I, I said let's do a Philly meetup. I posted a Godzilla screening happening crickets. in March. No, but I got absolute crickets. crickets. Nothing. I'll go I'll go see the freaking movie by myself. I don't care. Yeah, it's fine. You know? Whatever. We don't do this for us. We do this for everyone else. Doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. I'm unbothered. Next VM. Clearly, I can see it. What's up, 70 my boys? This is Fam leaving the parking garage. Just saw Dune 2 in IMAX, which I will recommend definitely see it in the biggest screen possible. Mm. Um, the bass on some of those parts of that movie was insane. Um, I liked it. Uh, definitely a lot more action and a lot going on more than the uh, the first movie. I did do a rewatch of the first movie before this, and, and so just to kind of get prepped. But um, visuals are great. There's an awesome shot of when uh, Chalamet's on the hill and uh, that newt goes off. It's just a cool, cool shot. Also him walking uh, towards the crowd with the worms in the background. A lot of worm action going on in this movie. A lot of worms in sync. uh, Riding worms. Worms attacking. Mm -hmm. Uh, It looked really, really super cool. Um, The story I enjoyed got confusing at a a point. I actually had to text Danny after I got out and I had to ask him if the mother was evil um, just to make sure. Uh, But but really good acting job from everybody. Austin Butler did great. Batista, I felt bad for the guy, uh, but he did a a great job in the movie. But his character, uh, they just kind of punked him out. But um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. So uh, definitely liked it. So uh, thanks. Catch you guys later. Bye. I responded and said, lose my number. (laughs) <laughs> I gotta me. use that one day on you asked the wrong person <laughs> is she oh, I, evil <laughs> I don't know I did want to share this quote from Jenna uh, I asked her for a quote for the show and she said I can hardly understand our world how can I expect to understand this one <laughs> thank you Jenna <laughs> that would be a 10,000 like review on Letterboxd yeah, if yeah that's that. true she does have a, an account <laughs> Um, all right, final VM here before we get Danny's pick. 70 millimeter. Oh my God. I did it. We, (gasps) we did it. I watched Dune part two along with everybody else. 
and it was great. I mean, you know, it was a good movie. It was a good movie. Um, great to good. But what's up with Paul? <laughs> just like everything happens so fast. You know, he's Thank he's a, he's in the north. He doesn't want to go south. He doesn't want to be a uh, Maldib, and then he's he, then he's Maldib, and then Rebecca <laughs> Ferguson's like a man's going to come and want to drink the worm pee. <laughs> And then he shows up, and uh, all the while she's still pregnant with a human baby. What, what, what is the gestation period of these people? Like that of an African elephant? Twenty-two months? How does all this happen on on a desert, planet-sized desert? Anyway, besides that, great movie. Now to the revolting oh. part of my voicemail. I apologize. F Mary Kill. Okay. <laughs> Black-mouthed, white-faced Austin Butler. Okay. Does it get worse? Dave Bautista being Dave Bautista in anything he, he plays in. Can it get any worse? Rebecca Ferguson's only speak... Rebecca Ferguson only when she speaks with her goblin voice. I don't know. I don't make this up. You know, I, I leave it to you guys. I apologize in advance. Love you. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is the worst threesome you could come with. I mean, for that oh, game. Excuse me. Bad choice of words. Uh, <laughs> did you see Austin or not Austin? Um, Dave Batista on the late night circuit. He looked he like he's starting well. to lose some of his <gasps> his muscle. Finally, I mean, it's got to be a lot to carry that around. He's not getting any younger. Thin it, thin oh, it my. up, Dave. Lose some of that bulk. Look great. Entering his Harry Dean Stanton phase. I don't know. Some, I mean, you could say he's a better actor than Harry Dean Stanton. You could say that. I mean, I've seen Paris, Texas. <laughs> we don't have to go there. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I refuse to play that game. I don't want to vomit. Thank you, Dale. Amazing VM, as always. We need to gear up for Danny's pick for mm, 90 minutes or 90 less. 90 minutes or less. We have three weeks in March for this theme. And Danny's leading things off. We're going yeah. old school. We're going to announce the picks every week. Um, I decided to pick a movie all three of us have seen. And wow. I, we've all liked it. So there's that. Um, but I wanted to go from Dune to hi-fi sci-fi to lo-fi sci-fi for our 90 minutes or less. Okay. And we're going to go with... Uh, 2013's Coherence, the <gasps> movie we've all wow. seen. It's definitely one that oh. I want to talk about with you guys. So, 89 minutes, baby. Hell yeah. Bless. Um, Lo-fi sci-fi. It's streaming on Peacock and Amazon Prime and Plex and Canopy. What a friggin' pick. Great pick. My Looking first log of this movie is 2015. This. I know. I watched it for the first time. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good pick here. Lo-fi sci-fi making a comeback. Yeah. This Big is going to be a fun one to talk about. Okay. Okay. Damn. Did this ever have a physical release? Oh, I don't know. Looks like. Let me see what this links to on Amazon. $40 Blu-ray. Oh my gosh. From Oscilloscope? Dang. Okay, calm down. 40 bucks. Yeah, 90 minutes or less. We should see the letterbox logs rolling in. There's no reason. Please. Yeah. Now's the time. Everyone's got time. We have all the time. Streaming everywhere. So. Great pick. Could be a great month. I think it's going to be a great month. 
Did we say who picked this theme, by the way? Who in our... Um, oh, shoot. Was it an intern so, pick? Yeah, our interns gave us the yeah. ideas. Let me... Sorry, let me pull that up. <clears throat> 90-minute movie month. John O'Callaghan. John, thank you for the pick. Thank you, John. John. It's going to be a big, big one. Huge. Yeah. Uh, my announcement. Oh, that's right. Uh, well, first announcement I'm making that this this month is actually 90-ish minutes. Oh, less. so you've picked more than 90 <laughs> minutes. Okay. Okay. That's part one of my announcement. Okay. 90-ish. Part two of my announcement is that I have a longstanding history oh. on the show of giving my picks to the community. Oh. I've done it countless times. Who can okay. say how many times? I've lost count. Um, but it's a longstanding tradition. And I thought, you know, our interns picked the theme or the villagers voted on it. Um, what better than to allow them to vote on my pick as well? Oh my, oh my gosh. God. So I've compiled a list of 15 movies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Just over the course of the, the week, as list. I saw one. <laughs> As I saw one, I was like, oh, I, this could be it. And I just, the list kept growing. And then I figured, you know what? Why don't I let the the, the villagers uh, vote on this? So mm. Monday morning, when this uh, episode drops, Dune 2 episode, I will have a Patreon post with a um, with a, uh, a vote of these movies. And you okay. can vote for what my pick will be, which will be revealed uh, next week. Holy goodness. Moly. This has never been done. This is insane. On the show. The innovation will continue until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to see what's on this list. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Me too. Fredo, any closing thoughts on Dune Part 2? Um, I guess that was my closing thoughts. No, that's it. I mean, okay. go see Dune 2 if you love Star Wars. <laughs> This is where they got it from. Dune yeah. movie got it all from George Lucas. And that's a fact. So we'll see everybody next week for Coherence, streaming everywhere. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pert Alexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. And music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount Using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this 
is a Tape Deck Podcast. Oh, my God.